Let's check out your headlines for today. To do that, we'll bring in Natalie Lovey from the 980 CFPL Newsroom. Good morning, Natalie. Good morning, Devin. Edmonton is in mourning this morning after two police officers were killed yesterday. Yeah, flags are at half-mast and flowers cover the ground in front of an Edmonton police station after two officers were fatally shot while on duty. Calling it an unthinkable and horrific tragedy, Police Chief Dale McPhee says Constables Travis Jordan and Brett Ryan were ambushed by a gunman as they approached an apartment unit early yesterday morning. A police source says the suspect has been identified as a 16-year-old boy who died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound and his mother is being treated in hospital for gunshot wounds. The two men are being remembered as pillars of their community, and McPhee says supports are being offered to the officers' families and colleagues. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau tweeted his condolences to the officers' loved ones and colleagues, writing their deaths are a reminder that every day, police officers put themselves in harm's way to keep people safe. The incident continues a deadly and tragic trend in this country. Eight police officers have been killed over the past six months. That includes five police officers in Ontario, and one in BC. The local conservation authority has issued a warning about water levels. Yeah, the Upper Thames River Conservation Authority says streams and rivers are expected to rise beginning this afternoon with rain and warmer temperatures on the way. This low pressure system is expected to bring above freezing temperatures and 20 to 25 millimeters of precipitation by this afternoon. The conditions will begin to melt the snowpack, so local conservation officials are urging people to stay away from all water courses and off of frozen water bodies. Officials warn that as water levels rise, it's not safe to take shelter along riverbanks or in low-lying areas that are prone to flooding. The UTRCA says water levels will remain above normal over the weekend, although serious flooding is not expected at this time. Let's talk politics because the NDP won yesterday's by-election in Hamilton. Yeah, Ontario NDP candidate Sarah Gemma was, uh, won a provincial by-election in Hamilton Centre, the riding held for many years by former party leader Andrea Horvath. Gemma secured 57% of the vote, with 16 out of 53 polls reporting and was widely expected to win, despite being put on the defensive over some of her activism. She is the executive director and co-founder of the Disability Justice Network of Ontario and co-founded the Hamilton Encampment Support Network, among other community involvement, but she's faced criticism from Jewish organizations over her comments about Israel. Gemma said the uh, criticism has centered around what she described as standing up for Palestinian human rights, which shouldn't be conflated with anti-Semitism. Horvath represented Hamilton Centre at the Ontario Legislature since 2004 and consistently won with wide margins, but stepped down as leader and resigned her seat last year after the party failed to win a provincial or win the provincial election. Today is St. Patrick's Day, of course, and it's going to be a busy day in London. Yeah, local bars say they won't let Mother Nature rain on their parade as St. Patrick's Day celebrations ramp up. Today marks the second celebration without public health restrictions related to the COVID-19 pandemic, and that has business owners expecting big crowds. The owner of Fitzray's downtown, Mark McGonagall, says it's been a busy month and today will be one of their busiest days of the year. London police will have a highly visible presence throughout the city with a big focus on areas like Western University, Fanshawe College and Richmond Row. Constable Sandasha Bow says their approach will be strict but fair. She says they're asking Londoners to be safe, be smart and respectful. No major incidents were reported during last year's celebration. 
Some people may be feeling like a zombie tomorrow after St. Patrick's Day, and a new ranking gave London some good marks over whether we would survive a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, Edmonton would apparently be the safest place in Canada to survive a hypothetical zombie apocalypse, according to a ranking by Rotola, an online rental portal. Five factors such as vulnerability, hideouts, supplies, safety and mobility were analyzed to determine the best and worst cities to live in if the undead were to march onto the streets. Vulnerability (laughs) includes population density and health. Hideout takes into account average household size, green spaces and housing vacancies. Supplies looked at access to food, water, and medicine. Safety takes into account crime and weapons data. Mobility takes into account walking, jogging, and cycling scores as well as roads. Edmonton achieved a relatively high score across the board, which led to its number one ranking. Saskatoon, uh, Guelph, uh, Calgary, and Regina rounded out the top five. Now London placed 11th. We are the third best city in Ontario to survive a zombie apocalypse behind Guelph and Kingston. Meanwhile, St. John's uh, was identified as the worst city to live in if uh, you want to survive a zombie outbreak, ranking uh, ranking lowest in terms of hideouts and safety. I don't know if that's necessarily a feather in Edmonton's cap or not, but... uh... (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Congratulations, Edmonton. (laughs) Let's check out what happened on this day in history. In 461, tradition says St. Patrick, the patron saint of Ireland died. In 1765, St. Patrick's Day was celebrated for the first time in Canada in Quebec City. In 1865, the federal government approved an unprecedented debt defense budget of $1 million. In 1906, U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt first likened crusading journalists to a man with the muckrake in his hand in a speech to the Gridiron Club in Washington. In 1944, the International National Air Transport Authority was created to regulate air traffic among nations. In 1955, the Richard Riot broke out in the Montreal Forum. Canadiens fans were enraged that the NHL and its president, Clarence Campbell, had suspended star forward Maurice Richard for the remainder of the regular season and the playoffs for a stick-swinging incident with a Boston player and an assault on a linesman. In 1978, Toronto Sun publisher Douglas Crichton and editor Peter Worthington were charged with violating the Official Secrets Act for publishing information from a top-secret RCMP report on Soviet espionage activities in Canada. In 19 In 1982, a 15-day bell-ringing filibuster in the Commons ended with an agreement to split the Liberal government's energy bill. In 1985, U.S. President Ronald Reagan traveled to Quebec City for the Shamrock Summit, a 24-hour meeting on acid rain with Prime Minister Brian Mulroney. In 1996, the Montreal Canadiens played their final game, or so their first game, in the Molson Centre, which is now the Bell Centre. They defeated the New York Rangers 4-2. In 1999, Tim Johnson was fired as Blue Jays manager for lying about his Vietnam service. He was replaced by Jim Fregosi. In 2003, U.S. President George W. Bush gave Saddam Hussein a 48-hour ultimatum to get out of Iraq with his two sons or face war. Prime Minister Jean Chrétien declared Canada would not join the war without United Nations support. In 2009, New Jersey goaltender Martin Brodeur set an NHL record with his 552nd career regular season win, surpassing Patrick Waugh. Brodeur retired with 691 regular season wins. On this day in 2020, Premier Doug Ford declared a state of emergency over COVID-19, declaring 
that all uh, bars, restaurants, theaters, and libraries would be closed. And on this day, also in 2020, health officials confirmed Ontario's first death in a patient with COVID-19. A 77-year-old man in the Muskoka region was a close contact of another positive case, and officials said the virus was discovered after his death. Happy birthday to Carly, who turns 39 today. You share a birthday with former Toronto Blue Jays manager Cito Gaston, who turns 79. Kurt Russell is 72. Gary Sinise is 68. Rob Lowe is 59. Billy Corgan is 56. And John Boyega turns 31.